dark this year. Time for dinner. No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. What's up, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. Guys, how's it going? Doing good. You doing all right? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm sniffly. Sniffly, like every. Summer, it seems, so. But, uh, you know, I got some nose spray in. I'm ready to go. Mm. Hope everyone has has a lovely summer going. Uh, we're coming at you today with a 1985 film, Invasion USA, directed by Joseph Zito. So, we're going to have a good time with that. But, as always, before we get started, what are we drinking today? Stacy, do you want to present... Yeah, so since we're celebrating a little uh, ridiculous Americana, these beers stood out to me from 21st Amendment Brewery. I'm having the Blah 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 IPA. It's a double IPA with a .0528 wetness factor. Mm, That's good wet. Yeah, some good wet. Pretty tasty? Yeah, it's alright. Okay. Melanie? I'm having, so it says brew free or die, and then, so it's the yeah, same brewery, but it's the Tropical IPA, and these cans have, or at least mine, I don't know what's on yours, uh, mine has Mount Rushmore, but Abe Lincoln has glasses and a, a lay, and he's just chilling with some hops. Sweet. It's pretty sweet, like I, it's, the sweetness level's nice. I have an Abe Lincoln on mine, mm. I also have just a bunch of other people Looks like picketing, marching for IPA rights. Well, I'm drinking a down-to-earth Saison IPA. Mine has a monkey with a I believe you're astronaut, a chimp, a chimp with an astronaut suit on, laying on a hammock by the ocean. Been a little while since we've talked about what we've been up to. Stacy, you want to tell us what you've been up to lately? I've been playing Tales of Arise. I think I may have talked about it. At some point. The combat system is kind of like the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is pretty good. It's like action mixed with traditional styling. It's a JRPG. It is a JRPG. They There's like, I think, like 20 games in the series. It's been going on since like Super Nintendo times, I think. But this is the first one that I've played. And it's okay. Like, I like it a lot. It's uh, got a lot of anime bullshit. It's... It scratches an itch of just anime melodrama. 
so I do like that. I think you'll really like the Persona games, because there's a lot of high school anime drama. It's really good. I do like the JRPGs. Yeah. I also caught the year's hottest hit, Top Gun Maverick. It's okay. You alright with it? I was actually kind of surprised that uh, people are losing their shit. It's okay. It's it's Top Gun. It's the exact same as Top Gun. Only they do like the Star Wars Death Star Trench Run at the end. I have yet That's to not see spoilers, this, uh... is it? See, I don't think it is, but I am shocked that no, I haven't seen any. And I, other people have to have noted that that's what that is, but I've not seen people talking about it. Everyone's just like, "Oh, this is the best sequel of all time," and I went into it thinking like, "Okay, that's dramatic. It's probably not that good, but it'll be fun." It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, but it's no Aliens or Godfather 2 or Heavens Empire. No. And I, the soundtrack is kind of a letdown, so. They, you know, the, the beginning does start off with Danger Zone, though. and Classic. Yeah, it hits the same beats that the original film does. So if you like the original movie, you'll probably like the oh, new one. It's a, it seems like it's been a, uh, a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Nolan, do you like Miles Teller? Is he? Eh, he's okay. I mean. Take him or leave him. Yeah. He's really good in the movie. I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it at some point. I think but. the standout for me is just Jennifer Connelly. She looks so, so good. I like the guy who plays Hangman. He's oh, in Everybody Wants Some. He's uh, like the Glenn, funny guy. I think his name's Glenn Powell. Yeah, he's great. Everybody Wants Some, and that's a good one. People should watch that. Melanie, what have you been up to? Um, not a whole lot. So I, I think the last time we recorded, I was probably starting mass effect again the series at the legendary edition i'm to the third game already i went through them pretty quickly after this i think i'm gonna slip back in to well no i was gonna say assassin's creed valhalla is that what you're you'll, yeah. you'll talk about mm-hmm. it okay but i think i'm gonna do god of war the whatever the uh gr- not the greek the norse one is what's it viking it's just god of war oh god of war fair, fair enough i'm gonna i think i'm gonna do that and then i'm gonna play the Assassin's one that, Creed Valhalla after that. The one that came out on the PS4, the last one? Yeah. 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 And I guess they're making a new one? Comes yeah. out this year, November. So I've not, Ragnarok. Yeah, I've not played the last one that came out, so I want to play it before the new one comes out. I really like the God of War games. I'm excited. Um, Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition's great. And I... So I had a birthday. I got a few things. I got the Christopher Lee autobiography, and I just started Ooh. that. It's really good. I'm excited to go through that. So Very cool. Um, interesting, man. Very deeply interesting. I highly recommend it. Even if you don't read the book, just going down a Google uh, rabbit hole of his life is so fascinating. Um, and then I don't know if we talked about it. Again, I can't remember what all we've covered because it's been so long, but I watched the... Obi-Wan Kenobi show. It's fine. It's, it's perfectly fine. I liked it. That's about it. All right. What have you been up to, man? Uh, a lot, but I'll just talk about a few things. Uh, the last few years, I've been going, like, around spring or summer for some reason. I've gone through, like, franchi- franchises. I think, what, last year was the Saw franchise for me. Yeah. This year was not horror-based, but it was the Fast and Furious franchise, so... I just finished that off, watched uh, F9. Can't say I was the biggest fan, but I'm happy that, again, I I achieved and finished off another franchise. So Most of it's pretty entertaining. I had a fair time watching it. Uh, we, you know, it was, I've watched it with a group of friends, and it was a good time. My main issue with, like, the last few in particular is 
I don't mind the dumbness because that's what I like kind of want out of those movies as they progress. They're all dumb. Right, but and this may seem may seem very petty, but like the dialogue is, is like so bad at this point. In this movie they reference Star Wars like nine times. In the movie before they reference like Taylor Swift five times. It's just stuff that gets under my skin for some reason. I really hate it. You, it just... you like a certain level of, <laughs> yeah. of dumbness, but right. it's a dip too far. Yeah. Got Look, it. I like Michael Bay. We talk about this all the time. I don't like when pop culture stuff is referenced just so like, hey audience, see what we're doing here? You guys can can laugh at this and enjoy. I don't know. It just It's something that I really gets under my skin for some reason. So you anyway. Don't, you don't like a, a wink at the camera from your action films. Yeah. You want like... No, but the thing is you some... do, but it's almost right. like whenever it's pop culture, yeah. we know you guys love T-Swift. Sure. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. T-Swift. You're like, I love T-Swift too, yeah. but I don't want you to pander to me right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Not in this moment. Yeah. I got you. It's just, I don't know what it is. I just, it really gets to me. But anyway, I finished that series, so happy about that. Um, the last few I didn't didn't love, but it's all right. They they were fine. Then also, I've been going through a lot of Jess Franco films this year. I'm sure I've talked about that before. I don't remember. But I have been going through uh, quite a number of his movies, and I've made it through a lot, a good chunk of like his very early films. So I just watched a couple of his... Rafifi in the City from 1964, and another one called Death Whistles the Blues from 1964. I really recommend both of these. Very stylized, lush, black and white, shadowy, great jazzy rhythm to them. Crazy editing style. Good stuff. I mean, that's jazz. Yeah, absolutely. So I really like those. And then the last thing I'll mention, just because it's a newer movie, and I don't watch a lot of newer movies these days, but I watched The Northman. Um... The other day by Robert Eggers, and I enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the first hour, I, me and Stacy talked about this a little bit. The first hour is really fantastic. Uh, the second hour does drag, uh, but I still overall really like the movie. He's He's got such an eye, so I I, I, I enjoy, enjoy him as a director. Yeah, I liked that one. I wish it went harder in. Yeah. I think that's my thing. Well, I, yeah. Well, the first, it does set up where it's, so metal at the beginning uh-huh. and visually the whole thing is visually striking sure. but it does kind of even yeah. out mm-hmm. that last yeah. hour for sure hour and a half diet conan there you go that's what i've been up to i guess we're ready to get into this episode as we as i said earlier we're going to be talking about invasion usa and we had a listener uh request that we go over this movie this year and we obliged this is from Twitter user Cinemod Ustak. Hope that I'm right on that. I apologize if I'm not. Uh, back in March, and said uh, if we could make a if if he could make a small unworthy request, and I don't think it's that unworthy, sir. <laughs> I would love to hear an episode about Invasion USA. I've been fascinated by the movie since I was a kid, and would be super interested to hear your thoughts. And. We are... Our thoughts we will give. Going to give them. And I would say being fascinated by this film, not saying that this film is great, just being fascinated, very accurate representation of what this film is. Sure. All right. So, Invasion USA, directed by Joseph Zito, who we've actually went through a few of his films on this here podcast, from 1985, uh, starring the... One and only Chuck Norris. Before we get into this, let's do a quick letterbox synopsis. America wasn't ready, but he was. 
A one-man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. That's the script. That's right. We have Chuck Norris as Matt Hunter, Richard Lynch as Rostov, Melissa Prophet as McGuire, and Alexander Zale as Nico. And I feel like that's probably enough. Wrong. Well, no, there's a few more, I guess. Billy Drago. Billy Drago as Mickey. He's in there for two seconds. And of course, I guess we can't forget Del Birdie as John Eagle. Right. So my apologies. You also don't get enough of John Eagle. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into this, is there any anything anybody wants to say about um, about this movie? Are you, are you asking about general thoughts, or are we getting into like some background? Background, if if you have any. So, Chuck Norris wrote this with his brother Aaron Norris. So it was it is his brother. I, it I, is his I, brother. I was wondering about that. Okay. And his brother currently holds a tenth degree black belt. In the Chuck Norris system, Chun Kok Du. Oh man, he okay. made his own martial art. Wow, now that's intense. Can can you just say that Chun Kok Du with a straight face? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. So, yeah, they they wrote this movie together. It's barely a movie or or a script. Mm-hmm. So missing in action, they did that film. Which is a Rambo ripoff that came out before Rambo 2. Yeah. But it, it was based off of the spec script that Cameron wrote for Rambo 2. So they rushed into production. It was a big hit for Canon. So Canon signed Chuck to a six film contract. Oh, man. Yeah, because that's what they did back then was sign like all those guys to like big yep. contracts. So They even gave Toby Hooper a three film contract. That's right. And they just threw money at these guys. So... Norris said he got the idea to make the film after reading an article in Reader's Digest that said hundreds of terrorists were running loose in the United States. <laughs> Quotations. I thought, boy, that's scary. Mm-hmm. What if some guy on the order of Khomeini or Gaddafi mobilized those guys and started sending them out to every major city? Mm. I know it's going to happen. And even in the movie, mm-hmm. the head terrorist says... It's so easy because of the freedom of movement in this country. So we're really accessible to this. Mm. The movie is not meant to scare people, but to make us aware of a potential problem. We're trying to make a statement here. This is about the people of the United States. Stories about an international terrorist who is backed by someone we don't really know who. And he mobilizes all the terrorists in America, and they go out to every major city in America, hundreds of them, and they start blowing up neighborhood homes, shopping malls, buses, restaurants, businesses. Sorry if I put Uh too much emotion behind Mm -hmm. quoting Chuck Norris. Very, uh, very strong messaging here from Chuck, and uh, is it? I wouldn't say that anything that he he was trying to convey in that mm-hmm. quote is actually seen in the film mm-hmm. in the way that they think it, it was. Sure. I'd agree with that. Do you want some other notes? Yeah, absolutely. Chuck Norris got paid $2 million out of a $12 million budget. Okay. Big piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Good on him. He wanted the journalist to be played by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, man. But... Was she like, I'm good? Uh, the director said no. Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then Chuck, in regards to that, 
Needless to say, I never used that director again. <laughs> oh, because he feels that Joe butchered the story because mm-hmm. of the bad direction. And the sequence in near the end of the film said it cost $5 million. And he said, <laughs> this is Norris. There are tanks firing and helicopters flying among the real buildings. It's a battle like in Gone with the Wind. Oh. One of the best action battle scenes that's ever been done so far. Damn. Alexander Nevsky. Like, there's so many others that I would really probably drop as the best battle sequence, but okay. <laughs> to that point. I do love comparing this film to Gone with the Wind, too. Like, they're in <laughs> The stories are very... Yeah. These are American epics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great job, Chuck. You feel his presence all over this. What can you say? No, you actually feel a lack of his presence because he's in the film for maybe... <laughs> what do you think his total screen time is? If you're being honest. If this is um, a 90-minute film? Something like uh, that? It's, a, I think, an hour and 45 minutes. I would say he's in the movie for about an hour. But it, it is weird that it's a film that's written by the Norris brothers that he is remarkably absent mm-hmm. for most of the film. And most of the cool stuff, he's not really And he's not... Mm-hmm. He's not a presence in this movie, really. It is very milk toast vanilla. Yeah, I agree. He loves his Uzis. That's about, oh, you know. I got a lot to say about Uzis okay. and bazookas. Good, yeah. As you should. All right, are we, are we ready to get into this movie? Fully ready. Okay, my notes are not great, so you guys might have to carry this more than me. So, here we go. We start out uh, with a scene of a massacre of immigrants, basically. We have a group of people in a boat. We have a bigger ship coming to meet them. And the movie has them with American flags on on the ship and everything. And it seems like they're going to help them out. Well, everyone's happy. Yeah. Well, scared than happy. Mm-hmm. So, so these immigrants are stuck at sea. They make it seem like they're trying to migrate to America. And the Coast Guard, like that is their savior... Coming, yeah, coming sure. to it them. seems like their ship, the motor went out or some, the engine's not working. Yeah, and none of them know how to work the cell that's attached to the boat. So they're just kind of aimlessly floating. Yeah. And and this is when we meet our our villain of the movie, uh, Rostov. We don't know his name here at the time, but he he hands his, gives his hand out to them like he's going to help them and everybody's and he's a, he's cheering. he's a vision and, in white. Yeah. He's in mm-hmm. that uniform. Yeah. And everybody's pretty happy. And then all of a sudden... He just pulls out a gun, and the guy he's, whose hand he's shaking, he just takes it out and blows his head away. And then all of a sudden, all his guys on the boat, they just... Unload. On the ship, they just start firing at all the immigrants, and they basically kill everybody. Were you expecting... I mean, this is a canon film, so you yeah. have to have... But were you expecting... Because this is a first-time viewing right. for you, Nolan. Sure. Mm-hmm. Were uh, you expecting that level right out the gate? No. <laughs> but I did feel like... The way it was shot and how the music was playing, it did feel like something murder was on some type of sinister act was about to happen but i did not expect it to go there well and i think that in regards to surprising the audience i think that not having a screenplay like that you don't know what to expect because you have no idea why these people right are here or why they're doing what they're doing you it's like you get to surprise the audience because you, as a performer and a director and a writer, right. it's you don't know what's coming anyway. So and they keep that pace through the whole movie. Yeah. Where 
you know, it really benefits by not having mm-hmm. a written word. Is there a moment yeah. in this where expectations are actually truly met? Fair question. I think expectations are let down in one aspect. I well, because it sets up where you think a thing is going to happen, uh-huh. and it doesn't several times. Mm-hmm. Something else happens, mm-hmm. you get a swerve. I'm not saying that that right. is worse than what I wanted, but yeah. in some aspects. Yeah, I, I was definitely... Uh, Feels like a lot of edging. There was. I mean, even even small things, uh, as a character in John Eagle, who we'll get to in a few yeah. minutes. Like, I thought maybe he was going to play a bigger role. Yeah, we, I was wrong. We had the conversation that maybe this was a Uncle Duvet as yeah, a hard target absolutely. team up situation. Yeah. It was not. Not to be. So I'm just going to jump ahead here, guys. Please stop me if, if you need to. Chuck Norris enters the picture. Uh, and as he enters the picture, he's riding kingly on an airboat. We then also get a uh, scene of Chuck Norris wrestling an alligator. Uh, we understand that. With John Eagle. With John Eagle, yeah. We understand that he is, uh, I, I believe, living in southern Florida, the southern yeah. peninsula of Florida. So he's some sort of retired agent. I think if you look up the synopses anywhere else, I think it says he's retired CIA, but I don't think it says that at any point. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're doing the whole... Well, and, and when the guy comes to visit him, he, he always says, doing this for the company. <laughs> yeah, which what what which one? Yeah. What are we speaking of? Which company? <laughs> yeah. But he, he is a man of mystery, of international mystery. Yeah. So we, we get a, a, a slight look into the life of Chuck Norris here. Um, next, we, we get a little more of uh, our villain here. Uh, as there's some type of cocaine party going on, is what I put, with Billy Drago. It was being smuggled. Sure. We do get that at the end of the intro we do. scene. Yeah. They rip up the Mm -hmm. boards of the ship and there's tons of cocaine so he has the cocaine he takes it to a a buyer any of this stuff though doesn't really make sense with the afterwards but you do get billy drago yeah getting shot in the dick yeah so twice he yeah it's really a fascinating way that rostov has a signature way of killing his uh People his enemies. He's, he's really mad at. Yeah. You're getting too right, yeah. in, right he, in the He dip. takes a gun and he puts it inside their pants mm-hmm. and just boom, boom, shoot that dick clean off. Well, we don't know that. I mean, I assume. Okay? I don't think you come back from that. I don't think so either. You're done. Well, everybody dies that he yeah. shoots that way. Bleed them out, you know, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, uh, that, that was some, that was good stuff. And then, like, after all that happens, like, some random dude just... <laughs> After everybody's dead and and uh, Rostov leaves, some dude just runs in there and just grabs all the cocaine. Well, he's like looking at the carnage first, and, and he looks appalled. Like, he, yeah. great acting. Mm-hmm. He looks yeah. appalled walking through. And at first, it kind of made me think, like, is he about to just do take a bump of cocaine and run out of mm-hmm. there? He, You're like, yeah. take that coke. And then he immediately did take the coke and run. Gets out of there. Some more John Eagle here. Back to him and uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, John Eagle loves his frogs, and in fact, he loves them so much they they love to eat them. And uh, basically, John Eagle and Chuck have a little what a weird way to say that conversation. I love you so much. I want you yeah, inside of me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's romantic. <laughs> the frogs. They just look. They eat a lot of frogs. Okay. He's like, how do you want your how do you want them tonight? Steamed, fried. I had fried frog legs. Yeah. Before in life, I, I feel like that's tastes the most, like chicken. Most common around here. Right. Mm-hmm. People do that quite a bit. That's true. Yeah, that that happens. John Eagle, love you, man. You should have been here longer. 
Rostov, this is where I put, like, this is at the point in the movie where I actually learned his name. And I wrote down, yes, he's the villain. And Matt Hunter, I don't know, I think I looked it up because they have yet to say Chuck Norris's name. They don't say his name until right. I think no. they said like 40, 40, 50 minutes yeah. into the film. So yeah, that's, that's Chuck Norris. And they have a past together here, guys, okay? We don't know exactly what that past consisted of, except in one flashback we get in a little bit. It's, it's flashback a, dream. Yeah, it's, it's flashback a dream, dream slash nightmare slash flashback. Mm-hmm. We know that Chuck Norris could have killed him. Should have um, killed him. Should have killed him. He didn't. Wait. So, what is shown in the flashback is not what is said. Well, we're not there yet, but yeah. They find out that what's his Rostov or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rostov. Rostov is in the states and the guy with the company cia or whatever he goes to visit chuck and we get like our our one like josito jump scare moment of chuck coming up behind him and i'm not doing it Mm -hmm. yeah he's not joining this whatever it is yeah he's enjoying his retirement with john eagle right his little baby armadillo which we haven't talked about he has Mm -hmm. a pet armadillo that he he feeds milk yeah yeah he puts milk (laughs) that was my next line just chuck has a pet armadillo very cute it is very cute. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we don't get to see a lot of live armadillos here. They're constantly on the side of the road, yeah, passed they, away. There's a lot that are dead here so he, in Missouri. His handler guy says, like, we need you back in the fight. And Chuck Norris is like, well, you should have let me kill them when I had the chance. None of that is shown in that flashback. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's solely his decision to not do it. And we don't really know why he doesn't do it, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. There's really no explanation. And... There never will be. No ex- explanation, no no real conclusions, no um, follow-through. Yeah. All this takes place, as you said, Chuck Norris is like, no, I'm not doing this. So, okay, whatever. He Guy leaves. Rostov and his crew. Which is like a crew of how many people? They it's come, so many. They come riding in like on four or five airboats or maybe more. And they're know. really close. Airboats are loud. You yeah. can hear them. They're all around this little shantytown shack that he has. Mm-hmm. You're a CIA. Like you don't hear them. So he mm-hmm. has to do this because he has the nightmare about what happened. Because he was going to bazooka a diplomat and Chuck Norris stopped him in giving his line that he says in the film yes time to die that's right but then kicks him instead yeah mm-hmm. which it didn't seem like anybody was holding him back for like yeah as he, we just talked so about rostov is holding the bazooka aiming it at this diplomat's mansion his palatial estate mm-hmm. and he's just in you know in the wings waiting to do this chuck comes up holds a gun at him and then kicks him in the head yeah so rostov his desired means of carnage it's either shooting in the dick or bazooka oh yeah what would you choose i mean shooting in the dick absolutely like you want to shoot someone in the dick or you want to be shot in the dick i want to shoot someone in the dick like you would rather do that than bazooka them yeah because i am more of like uh i'm a masochist you want it up close and personal yeah 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 i i want to create pain and you got to live with it for a while would you like to if you could if there's like a dilapidated structure that you could fire a bazooka in yeah and you had the opportunity sure it needed to be demolished that was the way they were gonna i would do like it. to do it one yeah. time yeah i think it would be at fun. least i don't know if that's our weird like yeah. right to bear arms moment but yeah. 
I would want to fire a bazooka. Well, I mean, we, we are Americans. Like, we uh, have a deep-seated desire to uh, mm-hmm. play with guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I just, I would shoot a bazooka if I had the chance. Just the one time, really. That I just mean, seems fun. I don't want to go to the shooting range. I really just want to blow up wanna, someone's house with a bazooka. I want to blow up, like, mm-hmm. an entire just uh i mean again abandoned dilapidated like something a, that like needs... an old shed or barn or yeah. something and just yeah which might be kind of fun yeah we need to talk once you get to this part we need to talk about the amount of bazooka that happens to this so little much shack. so mm-hmm. a little, little trivia about this scene that you're yeah going on about mm-hmm. the everglade sequence yeah two million dollars oh man yeah Oh, so that kind of makes sense. Airboat rental and bazooka rounds, not cheap. <laughs> well, and all that area, I think, like, you have to be very careful about, like, actually not damaging the, um, I forget what you call it. It's not, um. I mean, they're in Florida. I can't imagine there are any rules. I think that, you, <laughs> I think you, in the Everglades, I think you have to, like, keep the ecosystem, like, I think you have to be careful. I'm being serious. In Florida? I think so. I, I feel like Florida Floridians would be fine with bazooking alligators. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you said how how much did this movie cost? Twelve, 12. million. All right. So two so million Chuck to Chuck. Two. two already him and now two more. Two for the Everglades. So we're oh, up man. to four. And then they said the final sequence costs five. Oh man. So we're at nine million dollars. Okay. Wow. For Where do we think two that? sequences and a very bad actor. <laughs> so the mall was they're gonna destroy it anyways, so oh, that's why they. Sweet. Okay. So that was a gimme. That's yeah. Good. All right. Win for them. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get in this little scene. <laughs> R.I.P. John Eagle. He dies. It happens so quick, but he does take he, a couple out with him. He does. And can we also just highlight one of the great bits about this movie? Because I do think that Joe Zito, the way he shoots Carnage, is kind of entertaining. Sure. Oh, I think it's highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I think that, because Tom Savini did the makeup for this film, and he's worked with Zito before with uh, Prowler and uh, Friday 4, mm-hmm. and I think Savini's, like, the squib work they got going on is pretty excellent in this film. Yeah. Yep. it's. I mean, it's some pretty chunky, mean mean violence. Sure. I like the violence. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, whenever uh, Daddy Eagle gets it, mm-hmm. like, he's got a pretty good squib on him. Yeah, yeah. you feel that. Yeah. yeah. Well, in more ways than one. Poor Johnny Eagle. Yeah. Man, too soon. I really wanted him around for a while in this movie, but it I wasn't. I think the film would have been. I know that we're just one. We're kind of joking, but to be honest, it probably would have been better if he had someone to talk to. If there was a couple scenes of them sure. hanging if out, if there something, was mm-hmm. a character in the movie, it probably would have helped. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, near starts of characters. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you, you skipped over the journalist. Oh, I'm going to talk about her soon. She's down here. I just did mention her when she first appears. No I didn't know how important she was at the time. She's not. She's not. That <laughs> She's was a not. good instinct. Because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing happens. She serves nothing yeah. to add to the story. Yep. All right. Rostov and his men, they, uh, they f-, f up Chuck Norris and his quiet life in his little house. Uh, let's talk about these bazooka blasts. <laughs> so, the Rostov and his men, they just start bazooking his, li- he's got like a small little... I don't even know what it's like. A it's cabin. A little cabin, well, little it's shack. A shack. It's yeah. a water shack right. that has it's just a square. It yeah. has four walls and a door yeah. that's always open. It's real small. So like I think if I'm not mistaken, Rostov is the one who shoots the bazooka first. He's always the one that shoots yeah. the bazooka. And so his shot just it destroys it. And then all of a sudden there's like five or six more shots of like 
other guys with the bazooka, and one in particular, I think it's like the same shot two or three times, of them just shooting bazookas at this house, and it just keeps on destroying it, even though it's already destroyed. One would have taken it out. If he was going to fire, one bazooka takes out houses, that we'll see later. Uh, one bazooka shot takes yeah. out fully structured homes. <laughs> no, this little shantytown shack, it takes like... It is really seven yeah. or eight shots, is it not? Yeah, it is. It is very, like, <laughs> a, kind of like Italian action film style with... It's those sensibilities. Yeah, yeah the, thank you. That's what I was looking <laughs> for. So Where they do, like you said, they use the same shot multiple times yeah. to show the house being blown up, and even the shot's the same. Like, Rambo 2 does that, but they have the decency to, like, reverse... The mm-hmm. cell, so sure. it looks like it's shot from a different angle, right? In mm-hmm. a little bit more of a story there, so. Well, I mean, Rambo Two is a much better movie. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing scene, to be the honest. The most amazing thing is that after this, after all of this carnage, whenever they're like, "We got them, boys. Let's yeah. go home," and like they so, go yeah, back out. Yeah, talk about this. Yeah. The shack is still standing. Yeah, like the foundation's still there. It's fine, and armadillo, he's fine. We see yeah. him crawl mm-hmm. out of there so yep. i love that they took the time to show that yep. and and what do they do what does he do with with poor john eagle he okay so it's definitely tampering with a corpse <laughs> he takes his body and burns it in mm-hmm. the shantytown shack yeah which that's what i'm gonna do to you thank you when <laughs> when you eventually meet your end right to um terrorist cartel uh-huh. scorn lover whatever yeah i wouldn't have it any other way yeah thank you you're welcome. Okay. Which I I think it's really funny that once he gets back into town after the John Eagle cremation, you see John Eagle's name everywhere. Yeah. Like he was a little entrepreneur yeah. in this little town. Oh, he had a restaurant. He mm-hmm. did the the airboat yeah. tours. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that's shocking to me. He burnt John Eagle's corpse. People are gonna know that he's missing. <laughs> like they're definitely gonna go look for those remains. Yeah. Nobody it's... talks about it the whole time, but you know it's like. Everybody's like, where's John Eagle at? Yeah, yeah, it seemed like he was probably the czar of that little town. That yeah. town would have felt his presence <laughs> yeah. being gone. But there's a he would have wanted it this way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, the town probably would have come together yeah. and been like, that's the way Big Daddy Eagle would want to go. But, Nolan, there's a scene that mm-hmm. you pointed out. I don't know if you wrote it down, but whenever Chuck, after Daddy Eagle's been burned and he's walking away yeah. from his like boat business, his airboat business... It set, there's a sign that says last chance, final ride or something. I think it says I, last ride. I didn't write it, but I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. and you mm-hmm. just see it like right on the top of Chuck's shoulder. You go, it really was the last it was ride. The last ride. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Man, love it. It but we have to say, it that whole segment, it does nothing to propel the story in any which way. You think it would, it doesn't really. Yeah. It's so entertaining. Yeah, very yeah. entertaining. The only thing it does is, I guess, it makes it to where Chuck Norris decides to start working for the guy that talked to him that, I guess, was in the CIA. No, he's not even working for that guy. He just, he's just a random vigilante. He's, okay. so He's not even really... He just wants to kill this one guy. It's not so like he just has it out on his own terms. to die. So he's, he's basically just... Wanting revenge for John Eagle at this point. And I think he's mad that his quaint little tranquil life yeah. was taken away. They messed up his life. Can we talk about how low energy this performance from Chuck Norris is? And it's yeah. so weird that, right. like, this is like, the amount of work that he put into this, obviously not the same talent, but, like, Stallone, when Stallone writes a movie, 
and does everything for the movie. It's like Sloan's the star of the film. He's very much in it. He gives himself some really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. But he you know, also whatever. does a good job of he he's the champion for the film where he it's not just like his yes, he like Rocky, he wanted to star in it and all that stuff, but he wants it to be the best film that it can be. So it's like he's really trying to bolster everybody, not with, just himself. With Chuck Norris, it doesn't make sense. So he he stewards this film. <laughs> What is the one, what is Chuck Norris's skill set? Like roundhouse kick. Okay, so kicks. the one good thing, the one thing that he does good is like martial arts stuff, mm-hmm. kickies. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do. He runs around with guns the whole time. That's true. Although, can we? We haven't even talked about. Would, could you call this a Canadian tuxedo? What he's wearing huh. is it not to that level? It's close. It, it's denim on denim. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's more, I guess he is more wearing like a shirt like I'm wearing today. Yeah. Like it's like a soft denim shirt, but right. he, it's a good look. I really love the holsters mm-hmm. of the gun. Sure. And I think on the cover, it shows that it's sleeveless. His shirt has sleeves. It has sleeves. Yeah. But I love on the cover, they're like, you mm-hmm. know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has Uzi guns or Uzi no, gloves. Got, yeah. He's got that he wears. These little black, like, <laughs> yeah. they look like driver's gloves. He yeah. rolls them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do like it. I like yeah. his style. Right. But he does not... He delivers every one-liner with the least amount of inflection and emotion possible. And charisma. There's no mm-hmm. charisma. Like, every line in this film, he's just doing, like, a dumb pun. It's very, like, Arnold comedy dialogue. No, but... but not with any feeling. Like, like with the briefcase, like, no work now. Boom. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, like he, he he attaches a bomb to a car. Did you drop this? It feels hmm. somehow more robotic than Arnold playing the Terminator in Terminator. Yeah. In the time to die thing, like <laughs> I think we were talking right before we started recording that is it feels like a MacGruber. Oh, it thing. feels like he was practicing in the uh, mirror, just very monotone, like mm-hmm. time to die, time to die, time to die, time to die. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. And I. <laughs> <laughs> and it just he says it so much it reminds me of like better off dead the kid with like two dollars yeah it's like he's constantly just every every person he beats up is like give rostoff a message time to die <laughs> but he does it like two or three times he does yeah it's too much way too much <laughs> especially for what we get in we'll talk we'll get it we'll yeah get after this uh we're gonna go into the meat of the film here. So we have the invasion has started, basically. So we get Rostov brings just a ton of terrorists. Terrorists, I guess. You're not gonna put any love on the beach scene with the boy in the bikini briefs. Mm, they both die. Mm-hmm. It was their time to die. <laughs> that was a good scene. So I, like I did forget about that. They're frolicking in the ocean breeze yeah. right at the shore. They're making out. They see a flare go up and yeah. they're like oh what's that mm-hmm. and then they're like you know what let's go do it on the beach mm-hmm. and i think she's like no 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 and he's like come on it's fine it's let's good. do it and yeah then she's once they start kissing she's like okay we're yeah good. we'll do it yeah mm-hmm. so they're about to have sex and then they just get murdered hardcore yeah one of one of rose stops uh one of his hitmen just just kills him yeah and then they get crunched <laughs> Would you like the scene better if Rostov was the guy to kill him? They stood him up and he put his gun in the boys' bikini briefs. Yeah, that's and that would be better. Watch. Yeah, like maybe a little Zodiac style. Yeah. you know, Let, let's get a little weird. But it didn't happen. That's all right. There's nothing 
Yeah. No. It, this film could have stood to have more... If it's going to go mean anyways, go mm-hmm. go nasty. I agree. Yeah. So they do a Bay of Pigs in Florida. Yeah. So yeah, we, we have... We have the invasion starting. It's like the worst. <laughs> they all come in from the ocean. They all get in vehicles. And basically, a line is said by Rostov, 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. And I just wrote, the invasion has started. <laughs> uh, it's at this point where I'm going to go ahead and introduce us to McGuire, uh, a lady journalist. Uh, not a great screen presence, if I'm being honest. <laughs> she definitely has an April O'Neil thing about her. Mm-hmm. Big hair, earrings, a lot of makeup. She, you mm-hmm. know, journalist. She's trying to get the story, but she's not doing a damn thing. No. No offense. She's not. And yeah. I don't know why she's here. It's like I don't have contractually obligated yeah. to have a lady of the right. story. I have nothing positive to say about her. There's no chemistry between her and the beard. Right. But they don't try. No. Yeah. It, I would have loved it had there been just an off-kilter love scene I was in the middle waiting of this film. Mm-hmm. I thought there yeah. was going to be a sex scene, for sure. I thought about I don't, that as well. I don't think Chuck fucks. <laughs> Does he not have any... I, I don't recall in any of his movies him, like, in, what, three on Missing in Action, he's got kids and stuff, but you don't see him boning. Yeah, but you don't know he has a kid till the third one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Look, Chuck's too conservative to F on screen. Alright, so yeah. Uh, Maguire, she's she's no good. Uh, I'm sorry. But, alright, it's at this moment. <laughs> also, at least for me, I think for everyone, we find out it's Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is one of the highlights of the film. In my opinion. We're going to have, I think, similar highs and yeah. make them laughs. So, I, I called this the Christmas Eve Massacre by Rostov. Uh, Christmas is over, basically. <laughs> the bazooka slang. Like, this is Invasion USA, uh-huh. subtitle, Christmas, Christmas is, is over. over. <laughs> Stacy, you want to set up, you want to talk about this scene for us? It starts with a family that is getting ready for Din Din, and this little girl really wants to put the star on the tree. Their a, Christmas tree's outside. No, it's in rich neighborhoods, they do big outside trees as well as inside trees. Mm-hmm. So this is an outside tree. Massive. Very, very rich. Very rich. These are mm-hmm. giant ornaments. Big lights. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! this year. No, I'm putting it up. You put it up last year. That's because I'm older. I'll put it up this year. That's no fair. Time for dinner. Oh, not now. Come on, we'll finish this later. And I feel like the setup here, I feel like it's probably more attributed to Zito than the Norris brothers, but they, they do show a few minutes of like life in suburbia Mm-hmm. With the the teenagers like making out in the car right. and just this everything feels that's like going on, yeah. So it's this uh, little build before the carnage, and then Rostov, <laughs> his men pull up, and of course, I'm, they're not in range to like put a gun down anybody's pants to shoot their dicks off. Mm-hmm. So he's got to go with the bazooka. Right. <laughs> there is like ten bazooka shots. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in this yep. is whenever the. I don't know, his number two henchman yeah. is loading up the bazooka and lining yeah. up his shot. And then Rostov is like, ah, 
He, he takes like, it from him. He taps, like, taps yeah. him on the shoulder and he's like, me. They make it so easy, don't they, Nico? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna blow up we all life. thought the girl was just gonna get blown up. I wanted to see her get bazookaed mm-hmm. and like the tree and the girl explode. I thought that would be what really funny. What I thought funny. was gonna happen was we were gonna see a little mannequin of right. a girl just get blasted yeah. to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was prepared for it as well. <laughs> but she goes in the house, and after she goes in the house, then well, so she puts this. It's not the, even a star. It's something like a, on top of the tree. It's an ornament on the top yeah. of the tree. Her dad tells her no. She's like, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So she puts the ornament on top of the tree. It takes a really long time. And Rostov is just watching her do yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And then... He she, puts goggles on that are sunglasses. So he can... That's yeah. Right. For me, They're not like night vision. No, he just puts sunglasses mm-hmm. on. It's really weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> but he watches her for <laughs> a uncomfortable amount of time, we could say. Yeah. And she climbs down the ladder. And you're like, is he going to do it now? Is he mm-hmm. going to shoot her? She goes inside, scampers yeah. off, doesn't shut the door. Right. And that's when chaos ensues. And then he's finally like, now's, now's time yeah. to die for you. So, <laughs> Bazooka's that house. Then he goes on to Bazooka, what, like 10 more houses? Yeah. At least? Probably? It's oh, awesome. The whole neighborhood. It's insane. Yeah. It's suburbia in America. It's so much death. Blown up. It's like all yeah. these little brick houses, these ranch-style brick houses getting exploded. Yeah, uh-huh. and so... <laughs> The beginning of the well, scene we see two teenagers making out and mm-hmm. this girl's like i've got to go inside my family's getting ready to eat for dinner and he's like five more minutes yeah. which we all commented what is that going to do yeah for him? right five mm-hmm. more minutes yeah and inadvertently that saves her life he, he did save her yeah, with his boner that's yeah, right with his awkward yeah. car fumblings now i do have to say there, there's a lot of uh things that don't make sense in this movie mm-hmm. but one of the most not i don't know how to improbable say, well, yeah one of the most most improbable is mm-hmm. after all this carnage take place takes place the little girl is saved not only is she saved she does not have burns nothing her hair is fine she looks like well, she's got a little soot on her yeah she's and she's fine. crawling out we assume her family's dead because she's alone yeah and the teenage girl comes and rescues her we assume that's her sister so mm-hmm. when we were watching this i asked you guys do you have a problem in movies like this where they don't reload because it's like 10 consecutive bazooka shots. But then I find it weird in this film. I made that note. And then by the end of the film, (laughs) every, every second it's like, They'll shoot a bullet and pull a clip out and change the clips. Yeah. And it's like Chuck, they're reloading the whole, like, Chuck Norris, a ridiculous amount. It is very apparent that he thinks one of the coolest looking things is loading the gun. Yeah. For because sure. he's throwing clips that are full and he's like, nobody need another. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. so it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, I got this 30 round clip, but I shot two bullets. I don't know how long this will last. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it away. So he's not even firing that much, though. A cl- one clip would have done you. Yeah. You're not wrong. Goldeneye, where's the ammo? That's right. One of my key stats. Most cowardly. That as well. <laughs> All right. So that was a that that's just a great scene. Absolutely. I'm gonna skip around here, guys. So stop me if you need to. We have the scene where we get some more killings. Uh, these this one's like <laughs> pretty mean. With two guys dressed as police officers in a Miami police vehicle. Mm-hmm. And they stop up to this group of Puerto Rican people and just all of a sudden he just kills them. 
they both just like shoot all of them. Wait, is this the wedding party? I think it was a meetup. I think it was like friends because it was like two guys come up and like they start talking to women in dresses and that's when the cops start harassing them and you get the idea that this has happened before this has happened before yeah and the guy goes to yell at the cops and they start shooting them which also something i'd like to point out so not that people anyone can be racist to anybody we get that but it is odd to me that it seems that so it's a Puerto Rican group that's that's partying at this restaurant, whatever, hanging out, having a very chill time with friends. And then the cops that pull up are also, they're people of color. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just... All the terrorists are people of color. Yes, yes, and yes. And it's a weird except racist for, movie. Except uh-huh. for the main guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, okay. It, it, he's Russian. He's Russian because of Rostov. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Russian, <laughs> but also his, like, number two is white, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Little Speedo boy. Yeah. But everyone else's people of color, it felt weird that it was like, I get what they're doing, mm-hmm. but also it's like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? It was, just seemed weird. Strange film. Very bizarre. Well, especially the sequence that comes right after where yeah. Chuck Norris is trying to get information and he's cruising in his pickup and it's just different groups of, like, people. Yeah. And the movie's like just being super racist with but like also how they're, they're behaving. Yeah, but they're acting like Chuck Norris is like a minority whenever he is a Caucasian ginger boy. Yeah, it goes into this. Oh, when he goes into the biker this bar. Biker no, but bar. even like whenever he's driving this truck, right. people are like, "Hey, get out of yeah. here!" Yeah, the and bikers like, attack mm-hmm. his truck. It's like who? Like yeah, some pimps yell at him. They're, it they're, makes no. It's bizarre. I'm it's, like, you're yeah. not persecuted, my boy. And while this is going on, this this is one of. One of Chuck Norris's best lines in the film, I believe he says to someone, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. Oh, that's later. Oh, it no. Later, well, but it's still good. I didn't write any of the stuff so we're talking it, about down. It's okay. Yeah, so in the biker bar, the guy is like, you, you got business. You're either buying or selling. What is it? And he's like, just let me through. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the guy is like, I can't do that. And he's holding a beer. And Chuck Norris grabs his hand and squeezes it so the beer right. breaks in his hand. The glass bottle yeah. Yeah. cracks, yeah. <laughs> Which also, this we pointed this out while we were watching it, but it's there is nudity in the bar that's blurred. Mm-hmm. And there's also giant, just like, it looks like maybe three or four Confederate flags that are like mm-hmm. framed to the side. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, but the bar is very eclectic. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different things happening <laughs> in that bar. It is really weird. It's a nudie bar. Yeah. So you're drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. He goes in mm-hmm. and gets information okay. where to find the guy to where he delivers the line that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So th- this guy is having a party. Looks like he's hooking up with some girls. There's uh, a bouncer guy outside that looks like Daddy Magic. Oh, just like Daddy Magic. <laughs> and he has that energy, too. He's like bodybuilder version of Daddy Magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Chuck goes in. Yep. Stabs the guy in the hand. Oh, yeah. And That's the right. guy's lady of the night runs out and calls for help. So the guy, one of his helpers, comes up and it's like, you, you don't want any trouble. And that's when Chuck gives that line. Yeah. I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. It's probably the best thing that he says other than time to die. Yeah. Which is not Wait, good. He says that in this scene, too. He does. Because <laughs> if, if you live through this, 
Hell Rostov. I said, "That's true. It's time to die." Yep. And then he puts a grenade in the guy's in the hand. hand. That's right. If you live through this, tell Rostov it's time to die. The, the guy does live. Throws the grenade and blows, blows up, up the, that car. Blows up Daddy Magic's car. Yeah, that he's been working so hard on. Been waxing it. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next uh, big set piece here. We have a crazy action piece at a mall. Let's discuss. That's what I wrote from the notes. Shopping mall, of course, has been the hardest and most hair-raising, most dangerous thing I've done. Probably the most dangerous stunt I've ever done on film. It isn't easy for stunt coordinator Aaron Norris to direct such a dangerous trick when it's his own brother whose life is on the line. I, uh, I don't like putting my brother in that position, but he's so good and he's so game. And I see a situation that I've taken every, I've, I've done my homework on, and I, I've taken and done every step I can do for complete safety. This is another, <laughs> this is a good scene. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. this set piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, like, Rostov's number two, he he gets a bomb as, like, in a present form. The, They're couple. really big into suitcase bombs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it takes it into a big store in the mall, and he tries to, secretly slyly set the the bag down he's trying to do the whole thing where there's a bomb and you leave the bag and walk away so that it can blow up most casualties yeah it doesn't work out for him at all a guy (laughs) picks it up and hey mister there is nobody that is maybe if you were here in middle america and you left something some guy's gonna go out of his way but in florida no one's gonna bat an eye that you left something in a building right they're gonna be like i'm not no yeah. They're not looking at you. They're not making eye contact. For sure. And the guy, like, just is ignoring him, keeps getting faster and faster. And then the guy who's chasing him is like, Mister, he starts running after him. And all of a sudden, a cop notices a it. Security, a security. A mall security, cop, yeah. And they start and he chasing. starts chasing him. Then he gets he gets landlocked in Santa's Wonderland in the yeah. mall. And he can't go anywhere. <laughs> and he's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> his henchmen <laughs> turn around and start shooting guys. Yeah. Then the the briefcase blows up. Yep. Carnage ensues. Chaos breaks out. The package blows up, yeah. Then, Mm -hmm. who's to the rescue? Well, there's... Also, we find out there's several bombs that have been placed by the other henchmen. Because other bombs are going off, too. And they're not... They're not at all coordinated. There's no, like... It's not like they set off at different intervals or, like, Mm -hmm. at the same time. It's all chaos. Yes. And the bombs are really small compared to the bazooka blast. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. one goes off in the middle of like this little area kind of outside like one of the walkways mm-hmm. and i don't even think maybe anybody died people get blown yeah. back but right. i yeah. think no death happened and, and from really like stacy just said guess who shows up from this point forward at every somehow he knows yeah at every every time a terrorist tries to do cause a, chaos do a little something norse intervenes this is the only time up. it's ever explained how he gets there. Yeah. But because he gets the information from the guy with the knife in his hand. Okay, but can we also talk about how his entry into this mall, mm-hmm. where there's people everywhere, it's right. it's a working mall <laughs> at Christmas time, he just drives in the side yeah. of the building. It's Yeah, it's glorious. Too reckless. Too reckless. <laughs> Casualties would have died. Probably more people died of him entering the mall than yeah. anyone died from that bomb. Sure. It's Batman like, wouldn't have done that. No, 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 no. No, that's true. No. So, yeah, just, just a lot of chaos happens. Uh, we also, after this point, um, a couple of our villains, there's a Nissan truck that is inside the mall. 
Yeah, it's like up on a pedestal, it's like one, one of those, those like, yeah, you, you can win. Yeah. Win for a raffle. So, so they get in that, they hotwire it, get in that. And then Chuck Norris ends up with McGuire. So he runs out because he's trying to catch these bad boys. Mm-hmm. He leaves his truck at yep. the mall, so we assume. Yeah. And McGuire's got this convertible. Yeah, this, this so Ford Mustang. Mustang yeah. convertible. And he yep. runs out and he grabs McGuire so she doesn't get shot up. And yep. What do we think of his movement, though? So he, he rocks the two Uzis that are attached to the holsters that he wears around his shoulders. And his go-to move, he holds the Uzis to his side and just rolls. Yeah. 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 I mean, classic Chuck. That's what I got to say. Is it, though? It does it for you? Because it's not classic Chuck. It, because a classic Chuck would be him going in and roundhouse kicking everyone's ass. You're right. But it did get my dick hard. You know what am I going to say? Is, okay. okay, but can I say, is that more of an aesthetic thing? Because the just the the holster looks so good. Absolutely. It's not even the Uzis. Yeah. It's not the guns. It's just wearing mm-hmm. the holster. is uh, It's nice. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. It is a good look when eyes. people do that. I, I mean, think, Dirty Harry does that. I, but I think even guys that aren't wearing, like, don't have conceal and carry or whatever. Like, if you're just wearing holsters, I think it looks good. Yeah, you can rock that out, man. So yeah, we get a, this car chase between the Mustang and Nissan. It ends with the Nissan truck exploding. Well, wait, wait. So yes. something that you're forgetting. Um, there's teenage girls coming mm. into the mall. They are mouthy. The guy comes up and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Blah blah. And then the henchman just grabs one of the girls. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. she's in like head to toe windbreaker material. Right. I don't know what it is. Yeah, just grabs her. And they go for a ride holding on to her. That's true. And it is an interesting set piece. It goes yeah. on. It, no, I actually like it. And I think it I did looks too. cool the way it's mm-hmm. shot. It yeah. goes on for way too long. And we all made the point of, why would that guy keep holding her? Just drop her? Because <laughs> the thing to do would be, the real bad guy villainary thing would be, drop her and make Chuck right. and McGuire run over her. Yeah. It's like, like, not only was that teenager alive, you killed right. her. Or like, quickly put on the brakes, do something, you know? Anything. Just like, yeah, but... They, yeah. they, so Chuck and McGuire get her convertible chase after the Nissan truck. Yeah. They get the girl in the car. It's yep. fine. Every, everything works out. And now we're to the Enough. Point. So yes, the, the Nissan truck explodes. Um, yeah. They pull a grenade and yeah. they drop it. <laughs> yeah. They blow up themselves. <laughs> but Chuck up. Norris knows that it happens even though he doesn't see yeah, it. Yeah. And he, he can't keeps see ramming it. the truck so they can't pick up the grenade. He's omnipotent. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, so yeah, hit, uh, he's something. Yeah, so number two man dies, sadly. All right, um, I don't know what this is in reference to here, but I, next thing I wrote down is that Rostov uh, shoots another man in the dick multiple times. I think it's, it's, it's the guy that had the knife in his hand that ratted him out. Thank you for the mall. Okay, but it's another really quick thing too. Yeah, I just had to write that down. And uh, his helper, because yeah. Rostov's like, we got to go get Hunter. And his helper is like, takes too many men off of mission. They need, and he goes, I'll do it myself. He's like, no, they need you. You're their leader. That is why we're able to do this. Without you, they would just be a bunch of hoodlums. Yeah, sure. Uh, Which I'll, I think that they probably thought like, oh, that's some good writing yeah, right there. Absolutely. I feel like we did it. Oh, the yeah. Norris brothers are high-fiving. Mm-hmm. They're feeling it. I think that they're <laughs> roundhouse-fiving. <laughs> That would be pretty impressive, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you guys know from here on out, I just have big stuff highlighted. That's, that's so if, if I'm missing something, obviously I am. But 
let me know. Uh, I have a bus terrorism piece. So we have row, row, row your boat being oh. sang by some children on a bus. So we did miss church. Over the church. They're trying to plant. It's much like the package. Ep- or At the mall? Yeah, the mall package drop-off. Only this time it's at a church and it's a leather-bound briefcase. And we we get these next two sequences through the eyes of this one family. But it's not even... We're just following this one <laughs> this white... Family. This family. This toast family, middle mm-hmm. America. Well, I mean, it's Florida, whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're following them going to church. And yeah. then they're getting on a bus and they're singing, row, row, row your boat. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. The church doesn't get blown up because Chuck steals the... Chuck steals the bomb. Yeah. He, he unwires it and somehow ends up on... The building behind the bad guys with the briefcase. Did you lose something? <laughs> and nice. It's not working. And then he throws he, it down to him. Yeah. I think it'll work I now. I think it'll work now. And then like, it connects puts, the wires. Yeah, he puts two wires, which it looks like... It, I don't even know. Yeah. It's so stupid. Well, and you also brought this up, Melanie, earlier. Is, uh, you said that uh, his truck... Did get lost in the carnage at the mall. It, he left at the mall. Yeah. He left in the Corvette mm-hmm. or the Mustang. Yeah, but now all of a sudden he's back in his truck. It has to be video game logic where that's player two. Right. And mm-hmm. no matter where you go, it just auto-syncs to you. So yeah. as soon as you reload another area, so it's at the church. So good. Yeah. Next up, like I said, we have um, some, basically a, a group of kids on a bus. And they are the next, they're the victims next, at least on the terrorist oh. part. I'm so I found Matt Hunter's lines. Okay, so is this the church quote? So he's standing above. He's on the roof. He's on Bad the roof. Bad guys are in the down down below. Looking down at him, holding the briefcase. Didn't work, huh? Throws terrorists their own bomb and detonates it. Now it will. <laughs> Work, huh? I said this and no one will get it. No one this, will get it, but our But friends. our friend Chris, like, it's absolutely it just reminded me of like how he would de- how he would deliver something. Because it's something that is absolutely psychotic, like getting yeah. ready to blow up somebody <laughs> and just the deadpan. Yeah. Didn't work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's very Maguire. <laughs> our Maguire, not the so good. Maguire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. A group of kids on a bus. Um, obviously, it doesn't work either. Chuck Norris uh, is there to stop the terrorists. It's a sticky bomb that they put. Yeah. It looks like every like eighties movie where it's just like a little stickum bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. He and like we said earlier, he he is there every point of the way, just from here on out, just just messing up their plans. He yeah. So. You know? They just want to blow shit up, but so he's like, he no. saves the church. The family that was in the church gets on the bus. Saves, They're all singing. Saves him again, and then he saves him again two yeah. times. This family. Well, hold on. He has a wonderful line. Okay. Did you lose this? <laughs> when he sticks the bomb to their car, yeah, the so hood he, of their car. He pries the bomb off the yeah. side of the school bus, which I love that it does the fake out where he grabs it. It's like, oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. he didn't, he didn't get it, and then he pulls it off. He holds it. It had 21 seconds whenever he grabbed it. Yeah. He drives for a ways. Mm-hmm. And then... Did you lose this? Ah! 
Boom. Yeah. Well played, Chuck Norris. Uh, okay, so he so he's done all this stuff, right? He saved a lot of people at this point, but you know what? The police are not happy because he's a vigilante. They don't like it. And he's well, killing people himself. We get like a little red herring though of the the terrorists take over some national guard stuff, right? And they capture Matt Hunter, but he kills mm-hmm. them all, and yeah. Goes up to one of them after shooting him sure. in the legs. Mm-hmm. Feel like talking. Nice. And the guy says something not in English. Mm-hmm. Shoots, him. shoots him. I didn't think Oops. so. Uh-oh. Feel like talking? I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy obviously talks to him. He doesn't want to die. Of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So how many people do you think are murdered in this film? Two hundred. It's a high amount. Yeah, I would say you're give or 200, take two hundred, two fifty. Yeah, a good amount. Yeah, for sure. So holy shit! Okay, what? this is a weird trivia thing. Until two thousand seven, this was MGM's second highest selling home video title behind Gone with the Wind. Mm. He, he had the Gone with the Wind. He knew what he had. He's like, we have the same mm. power, same yeah. energy. He's like, man, we got that. You're matching class for class. That same far right energy going. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Chuck Norris somehow, uh, well, I'm sorry. Chuck Norris gets arrested for being a vigilante and killing terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so he gets brought in. And it's after this moment where we kind of get our big last set piece that goes on for like probably, what, 20 minutes? He gives. An interview that sets Rostov off, though, because Rostov's watching him on the TV. Oh, yeah, sure. Because he kills Rostov's best friend, Nico. Nico. Mm -hmm. Nico was easy. Now it's your turn. One night, you'll close your eyes, and when they open, I'll be there. It'll be time to die. Time to die. That's right. Is there anything you'd like to say to the media? Yeah. Nico was easy. Now it's your turn. One night you're gonna close your eyes. And when they open, I'll be there. It'll be time to die. During all this this next part, Chuck Norris does escape from custody. And we don't know how. I I think it was part of the plan because he meets his partner at that carnival where the kids got blown up. Which, that happens off screen, because yeah. he can't be everywhere at once. And that's our only indication that he's not everywhere at once. Right. <laughs> but he meets up with the, the handler from the company. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. has that plan, because he gives him, like, a, a multi-page dissertation on his plan for Time to Die Rustaf. He gives yeah. him a full-on pamphlet. Yeah. Yeah. And when did... We all talked about this. Not only for that time, he would have had to have gone to the library... Type it out. Yeah. Make a copy. Right. It, it would have been so time consuming for 19... <laughs> this is 1985. That's a time consuming process sure. to make someone a pamphlet of your how to kill somebody. Yeah. Chuck Norris goes into custody. He's out of custody. Terrorists attack at this point. And from here on out, we have a lot of uh, bazooka stuff. Okay. We have a lot of Uzi stuff. So we're in the police station at this point. We're in right? a police station. Yeah. It looks just like... 
an office building. I've never seen a police station. Well, it's a tall building, too, because... It's like a skyscraper you, office building. They have the three helicopters, and Rostov lands on the, the building with the helicopter. And you see... they don't. And this is kind of a surprise, where you think maybe it's the bad guys, but it's actually the National Guard coming in with tanks Finally. and everything. Yeah, we have the National Guard. To stop the bad guys. Where's the terrorists? Guns blazing. We have Chuck destroying a helicopter with a bazooka. Tanks. He, he finally gets to shoot a bazooka. Yeah. We have tanks everywhere. We have Chuck Norris, aka Matt Hunter versus Rostov. And so they're flipping and fighting over office cubicles. Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah he fights a lot of henchmen first. You do get some kicks, but it's mostly gun action. I but I would say it's under like it's not that much it's not that many kicks the most kicks are when he finishes off Rostov yeah and then they have a a bazooka showdown (laughs) right (laughs) yeah which is amazing the gloves both of them having the gloves yeah it's a nice touch yeah and Chuck Norris gets his second bazooka blow and it's to Rostov to finish it off and Stacy you you want to give us that big fucking disappointment of an ending walk us through the last like little shot the couple shots that we have here. Okay, so Chuck ends up behind him. They both have bazookas. They're they've been chasing each other, firing mul- like different guns and stuff. So they they both have the bazookas, and <laughs> Rustov has undoes a thing to like ching ching load it. But then Chuck has his already ready to go, and he's got it up. And Rustov hears it, turns around, and then <laughs> Chuck just says. It's time. And then... And then credits. It just smash cuts to credits. It's not even... Like... Why not after the boom? To die. (laughs) He says it's time. And then, like, you see that it clicked to slow motion. Because they already did some slow-mo. And this is a film that... It's fine. It suits it. I was going to say the charge. I guess that's what it is. Whenever it's getting ready to come out. That's when you say to die. And then... Oh man, you know what would also if they were gonna do it this way, if the movie was titled "Time to Die," then you like hard cut to the title again before the credits. An explosion like heavy metal, and then just yeah, to die. It it blows up, and then whenever the smoke and everything dies down, yeah, 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 that would have been awesome. But feels like so much builds up, like you're really Mm -hmm. moving to something, and then it's like. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. By the way, uh, the body count is 129. I feel like it would have to be okay. more. Okay. That's what you see on screen. So many nuclear families. Oh, so that's die, not guys. counting maybe all the people in the houses that die? So well, many. It's probably counting who you saw that you know died. Okay. But it's not counting, like, we, we have no way to know how many children died at that fair. Right. Okay. Because it happened off screen. Sure. How yeah. many died at the mall? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Invasion USA. Crazy movie. It's not good. Mm-hmm. But it is, especially for for these type of films, and I love canon films, sure. but this is very entertaining. Yeah. It has an energy through it. There's no, it never, even though it's not great, it's never boring. Yeah. There's no slags to me. Nothing that lags on. I think it is a terrible movie. <laughs> even by the standards of like, the genre and the time. Yeah. But it is funny. 
yeah, I had fun watching it again. Yeah. I, I probably hadn't seen it since Cable, and it would have been heavily edited. And I couldn't remember things about it, and now re-watching it, I get why I couldn't remember. Because there's not a lot to remember. There's no story. None. Yep. None of And it. he is such a non... And it isn't just this film. I think Chuck Norris is the worst action star oh, yeah. of the action stars. We were talking about the like Steven Seagal was even more Yeah, Steven Seagal movies, like, he has more of a presence yeah. than chuck norris does chuck norris is never the best part of any movie that he's in like he's just the meme thing that's really the only thing going i guess not to be mean like it's fine like silent rage like there's plenty of stuff Mm -hmm. that he's in that i have fun with but like you just missing in action boring as hell all three really bad so boring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i i know i've seen two I can't remember if I've seen three, and I probably wouldn't remember anyways. Yeah. There's movies of his that, like, I don't mind that I think are okay. Delta Force, I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not the good part in Delta Force. No. Mm-hmm. Well, my, uh, I'll just basically just agree with you guys on this one. I mean, really bad movie, but had an enjoyable time watching it. Yeah. Entertaining. But yeah, this, this is a, a very poor movie. How do you think this movie fares as a Red Dawn ripoff? <laughs> well, still pretty poor. Red Dawn's not much better, really, but <laughs> same ballpark, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> Something really quick, just because we didn't talk about this earlier. So, uh, the actor playing Rusoff, Richard Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, so he's. A very noticeable presence and we were all kind of trying to place mm-hmm. like where do we know him from and Nolan finally penned it where it's uh, God told me so or God told me to yeah mm-hmm. um, Larry Cohen so Richard he he's a very um, striking figure he has very distinctive eyes very bright blue mm-hmm. and very light skin and he has some scarring on his body mm-hmm. so while we were watching this I was just curious because I'm like I wonder it looked like a burn but right. it's like I couldn't really tell, so yeah. I looked it up. He, in 1967, he was pretty strung out. He was on substances and stuff. He had a drug addiction, and he set himself on fire in Central Park. And Just brutal. Yeah, awful. Okay, so this is rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And after that, he went into acting, was just in a huge string of things yeah. all throughout the 70s and 80s, which is pretty, that's a yeah. really cool like turnaround story. For sure. And then, uh, like, his last couple movies were Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. He was in uh, the Halloween remake and Lords of Salem. But he's had a very interesting career, so. For sure. I, I just wanted to note that, because that was some yeah. kind of, man, I recognize this guy, and you, yeah. you had said it, and, I was, and I'm usually pretty good at, like, right. oh, this is what it's from. Mm-hmm. I couldn't place him at all. Yeah, it, it took me a while until we looked. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in, him as a story. bad guy in this, I will say he's bringing mm-hmm. a lot, but right. there's just not that much. Not much for him to do. Yeah, but he, I would say him versus Chuck, he's like batting a hundred. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with the movie is, I don't know what, like, why is he doing what he's doing? <laughs> what is his plan? Yeah. Just why is anybody doing what they're doing in yeah. this film? Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. <laughs> do we want to move into categories? Let's do it. All right, highs and lows. You gonna go first then? I will. I will go first. I guess so. My high point is obviously going to be the six to eight uh, bazooka shots that take down Chuck Norris's shack. <laughs> uh, just amazing. 
I laughed so hard. That should be my funniest moment, but I'll try and I'll just I'll switch it up a little bit. That was that was the high for me. Okay. Um, my low point is the death of John Eagle. Way too soon. Why? I don't know. I was expecting him to be an integral part of the movie. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Make me laugh moment is going to be. Hmm. What did we we talked about something earlier? Where did it go? Oh, just just the dick shots. I'll just pick that. Just Rostov just shooting guys in the penis. Just blowing them, yeah. making them kindle. I think I laughed very hard yeah. that first time that happened, and I really loved that it happened a second time. Yeah. Uh, my high point is kind of like Nolan's, only I like it when it happens through the whole movie. Uh, just gratuitous bazooka use. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. It's the most bazookas I've ever seen in a movie, and I love it. Mm-hmm. This movie has a very, like, video game logic thing going on with it, and I enjoy that. Uh, low point, Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not good. Yeah. And my make him laugh is uh, time to die. And just basically mm-hmm. yeah. any line reading from Chuck Norris is awful and mm-hmm. hilarious. Sure. Yeah. So we all have the same high. Mine nice. was, I said, Bazooka Bonanza. Yeah. <laughs> I just love... Yeah. Just bazookas in general, this mm-hmm. is a high. I don't know if I've ever... I don't know if there's another movie that utilizes the bazooka in this way. I, I don't believe we so. We all were trying to think of that as we were watching the movie. The only thing that I can even think that comes close is Rambo 3 with the explosive arrow tips. Yeah, I get that. But, but I, it's not as much it's, it's not as, as this. No, mm-hmm. I, and I honestly, I think it's the quantity. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a quantity over quality situation, yeah. but it's... It's a lot here. So that mm-hmm. that is definitely sure. my high. My low is Chuck Norris as well. It's so <laughs> underwhelming, but also just story. Mm-hmm. And I don't even need a lot for, for action in a canon yeah. film. I don't need a lot by way of story. Mm-hmm. I was just hoping... And I had seen this before. Didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd seen it, and I remembered... I mostly just remember the the action and the mall. The yeah. mall segment and then the uh, office segment at the end. Yeah, there's just not anything by way of story. And then my make them laugh is I have two things that I want to talk about. So there's a segment, it's before John Eagle dies at the the shack. Mm-hmm. So Chuck Norris is like cutting down. Oh, yeah. Well, he's like got a tree. I don't know if he's making firewood because I assume he doesn't have right. uh, utilities in the shack. Sure. So maybe he does need this to boil his water to drink to cook to mm-hmm. wash himself. But mm-hmm. he's just... He's sawing through a tree, yeah. like a very thin little tree, and mm. he's got this armadillo pet. Yeah. The armadillo knocks over his milk hole, yeah. and Chuck looks at him, and he's like, you rascal, but he doesn't say anything. He right. just looks at him and smiles, mm. and then it cuts to the armadillo, <laughs> and the armadillo looks up, and then it cuts back to Chuck, and he smiles, yep. and then it cuts back to the armadillo. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Like, yeah. why are we focusing on this? It and was... the armadillo never comes back into play in the film. No. Which I was hoping that whenever we saw him riding away on the airboat mm-hmm. after the destruction happened, I was hoping he would have, like, armadillo and a baby bjorn. Yeah. Something. He didn't, he didn't care that much about that armadillo. That would have been an amazing feature to have. Just this armadillo whenever he's sure. sitting in the hotel. <laughs> just watching the TV with him. Armadillo's on a pillow. <laughs> he's got another bowl of yeah. milk. Sure. It would so good. Sure. But, yeah. No, nothing like that. So, there's that. And then... Just the build-up to thinking that the little girl is going to get blown up mm. with that Christmas tree. Yeah. Is this going to happen? We all this thought it amazing. was. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it those, are, those are my two. Like, because we were cracking up during that whole mm-hmm. segment. It was so wild. Insanity. Yeah. So, yeah. Good picks. Thank you. Stacy. good picks. 
we have come to that time. Yeah, if, if we don't have anything else, I'll go ahead and I'll pose a question to each of you. Please. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, I must ask, Mary fuck, kill, Hunter, Rosa, John Eagle. I know we don't get John Eagle that much, but he feels like the only one that's really oh. worthwhile to put in here. This is easy. I know it is. Go ahead, Stacy. I'm going to marry John Eagle. We're going to be the czars of the bayou. We got that general store. We I got the restaurant. He's secretly one of those guys that lives <clears throat> under his means, but is super rich. Absolutely. Probably. He's like Luke in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I fully agree with you. I'm going to fuck Rustav. We're going to do just some weird, like, He-Man Skeletor cosplay fucking. <laughs> and then... That is offensive. <laughs> well? It's offensive. <laughs> and then I'm going to kill Chuck Norris. I'm gonna do exactly the same thing. I'm marrying. I'm marrying John Eagle. Yeah, I and I'm like him. I actually think that John Eagle would be super romantic too. I think he would take you out. I think he would make you dinner. It would be like frogs. Yeah, it'd be like steamed frogs, and he. But I think he'd have like candles and like twinkle lights. Mm-hmm. He'd take you out on the airboat. He'd ride you around, and then he'd be like. Got some special for you, and he'd take you to a remote part, and there's just alligators. Mm. Kiss the girl. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's very much kiss the girl, little mermaid energy, and you just eat steamed frog legs with uh, Uh John Eagle. Well, I'm almost there with you guys. I'm gonna have one difference. Oh no. So we can't have the three peat here, but I am marrying John Eagle, but I'm gonna F Chuck Norris, and I'm gonna kill Rostov. Rostov's too bad for you. Yeah. Okay. He's too evil. And Chuck, look, he's got a tight ass, and he's got a, a nice chest. The only you know? thing I will say, he there he is wearing the hell out of those those denim jeans. That's true. It look he looks good. He looks good. You know, so that's gonna be my choice. And yeah, Rostov, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm just I can't do the terrorist shit with you. But I will steal his bazooka after I kill him. You don't need a bazooka. Solid. Yeah. Solid choices. Before we get out of here, I will say again. Thank you to Cinemod Ostak for the suggestion. We had a fun time, and uh, I think we enjoyed watching it and, and discussing the movie. It We had a really... This was a fun watch experience. Like, it was really good. Yeah. The film is wild. If, uh... Hopefully, you know, I, I, hopefully we weren't too harsh on it for you, but we did have fun watching it either way, so... There, there is that, uh, and and we enjoyed talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and if anyone ever has any requests, just send them to, to one of us. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, do it again sometime. Yeah. It, it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that being said, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, give us those five stars if you would. If not, that's okay, but uh, just write something. Let us know. I'll read it on air. You can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find us at Instagram on Cinema Parlor. And as I said earlier, you can find us on iTunes, also on Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find me personally at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Let's go Radio 4 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. All right. And, uh, you know, this has been Real Guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Everybody, enjoy the summer and stay out of the heat. Yeah, try to stay cool. It's brutal out there, especially in the Midwest, y'all. Hey, Nom. Yo. Time to die. No! This could happen. And that's why I really wanted to do the movie, because we've been very fortunate that we haven't had this happen to us yet. If it does happen here in America,
we can rest assured fighting hero Chuck Norris will be there.